Hello, it is Wednesday, September 9th. New era for our show. We are now a daily podcast. We're coming out in the afternoon, though. So be a friend, tell a friend. Although they won't be coming out at midnight like usual. They'll be coming out in the afternoon, hopefully around 3, 4 o'clock. You can listen to us day of, next day, whatever tickles your fancy. Uh, They might be a little bit shorter. They'll probably still be long. We'll have great guests, good conversations. And we can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Per usual, if you like this show, uh, by the end of this thing, go ahead and tell somebody about it. If you don't like the show, just act like it never fucking happened. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, the best in the world at what they do. Now let's get to it. The NFL is back manana. That means NFL Sunday is back this Sunday. That means the greatest league on planet Earth is back in more than 24 hours, but less than 36 hours. And that is what we are here for. Big news being made all over the NFL. More money getting tossed out to free agents right now than I've seen in a long time. And that's all with a massive question mark on what the fuck the future of the NFL is. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows if this season's going to finish. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if games are going to get suspended, delayed, and canceled, and they're just going to kind of be a, a, a mixed max, a, a mixed bag of, of football and schedules and records. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a clue. Nobody. But some of these NFL owners are like, who gives a damn? Pay them. Let's keep them around. And I, as a former player, absolutely love it. If you look at the MLB, which kind of had the model of the, what the NFL was having, individual cities, individual practices, traveling around, doing their thing, early there, they, they were in a bad spot. I think the world is in a much different spot then than we are now but they were in a bad bad spot i think testing was in a much different spot than it is now but they were in a bad spot 22 marlins from a story that we were told Mm. allegedly took place uh from a couple guys making one big mistake and then Mm -hmm. that thing kind of uh you know choo-choo running a train through the team now 22 Mm -hmm. 22 people get it so they have to they have to cancel a game they have to cancel two games. They have to cancel three games. Then the Cardinals had it. Then the Pirates had it. They had to cancel games, suspend games. They were making double headers. They were having games go to seven innings instead of nine innings. And everybody's like, this isn't baseball. First of all, we're not playing a full season, so this isn't baseball. We're not even playing a half the amount of games. This isn't baseball. Then they're like, oh, I'll wait till you hear this. <laughs> wait till you, you think that. Wait till you hear this. We're going down to seven innings. We're doing double headers back to back to back. They're playing six games in like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to say? This isn't baseball. You know what? We don't care because all we're trying to do is get the playoffs because that's where we make all our money at. So the NFL now has to look at that. And they have to notice that. Okay, so one team had 22 people. in baseball, by the way, um, I guess people say on the, sh- on the field they're socially distant, but they're still getting in the buses together. So it, they're going to be just as close as that. Everybody's like, well, with a contact sport like football, it's going to be different. It's like... Well, I guess we don't know anything about this damn virus, but if you're all sitting on the same bus, traveling and on the same planes and doing the same thing, isn't that going to be, is that kind of the same? Might as well be a contact sport. I do recall, though, at the beginning of this thing, you weren't even allowed to make eye contact with people because COVID could fucking laser beam out of your eyes right into somebody else's eye. Mm -hmm. I remember that. But the NFL has to have seen that. And then they have to have seen how those numbers have kind of fallen off in baseball. We haven't heard about games being suspended. We haven't heard about teams having delayed games. Like Everything has kind of fallen off. So if you're the NFL, you have to be thinking, hey, we're in pretty good timing here. The testing seems to be getting much more efficient. The testing seems to be getting much faster. It feels like there's more than a couple companies, Abbott, some other companies, some other companies coming out with these 15-minute results. And the NFL has done like 75 million tests, and now there's only one positive person. And that's not just players, coaches, staff 
staff. That's everybody in the building. Now, training camp's much different than the regular season. There'll be some more free time for guys to potentially go around and make the same Marlins mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's hope that doesn't happen. But it feels like the NFL's got it figured out. But if they don't, and fans aren't allowed into the stands, and somehow games get suspended, I assume we're going to see a, pretend, a potentially very rocky financial future for a lot of these teams. And it seems like a lot of these teams say, who gives a fuck? We're going to be owners forever. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey just got like $71 million guaranteed on a five-year $105 million deal for a cornerback on a team that yesterday was 400 yesterday before they did this deal they were four hundred thousand dollars over the cap and they had to fix that until but had until 4 p.m today to get rid of four hundred thousand dollars so they said don't worry about that if we gotta get rid of four hundred thousand you know what we'll do we'll add 105 million. <laughs> so whenever that shit hits Roger Goodell and when that hits the NFL league offices, they're going to be so blindsided by the $105 million deal for a corner. By the way, shout out, congratulations to Jalen Ramsey. Congrats to him big time. They're not even going to see that we're still now potentially $13,400,000 over the salary cap. We'll deal with that down the road whenever they got other shit to figure out. This is first week. They don't even know if it's going to be a season. I don't know how they did that unless they set that up as a Chiefs-like deal with Patrick Mahomes where everything's backloaded and then you can cut out his salary now so you can save that 400000 then you can pay him in years three, four, and five. I, you're nodding your head yes. Is that what they did or you're saying? That's you, what it has to be. It has to be because the Rams in consecutive years here made the highest paid running back Highest paid wide receiver, highest paid quarterback, highest paid co- uh, D tackle, highest paid cornerback now. And everybody said, hey, you guys are going to have salary cap problems. You're not going to be able to do it. And they're like, no, 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 Super Bowl. No, we got to go to the Super Bowl. play Patriots. We'll be back. Then, boom, all the salary caps hit at the same time. They had to get rid of Todd Gurley. They had to get rid of Clay Matthews. They had to start dumping. They still owe them money, I think. Brandon Cooks was in there. They had to get rid of him. They had to get rid of everybody that they paid. And now they're still paying those people that they left like 20 some million dollars. So they're $400,000 over salary cap. They're like, yep, fuck it. We're doing it again. <laughs> Give him the most money any corner has ever had in the history of football. Boom. I don't know how they're going to figure out the cap, but I love that I love the players are getting paid. Love it. Love the players are getting paid. But with the future of football, financial-wise, being who knows what salary cap's going to be. Remember the first numbers that were being reported? Like $30 million a week or yeah, something yeah. was going to be lost. Now, that's obviously turned out to be false, but people are going to be losing money on these uh, salary caps, I think, next year because it's a share of revenue, share, and how much money you spend. I'll be intrigued to see how all this plays out, but I love the players are just raking in. But it feels like the only number any of us should look at is the guaranteed money. The big money right there does not matter. $105 million does not matter. What matters is the $71.2 million because when the salary cap eventually, inevitably, drops and they're not able to pay these people, they're going to have to figure out how they pay them their guaranteed money and they'll get restructured, I assume. There'll be an entire thing. We might see football deals that end up like Bonilla, mm-hmm. like yeah. paying out mm-hmm. for like 10 years, even if the people aren't on the team anymore. I think that's going to have to happen. But the NFL is going to be like, well, how do we divvy that into salary cap so everything's fair? Because then everybody will just start paying people. Oh, here's a 40-year contract. We'll pay you for the next 40 years. It doesn't matter what we're paying you now. It's going to get intriguing. I don't know how all these people are going to make the money. I don't know how all these people are going to pay them. I love the players getting paid. I like to look at this in a positive fashion, and the owners and teams realize that they're playing with funny money. The NFL has so much money that they're not even then they're not even worried about the salary cap next year. They know it's going to be fine. They they know everything's going to be fine. It's the NFL. We can pay them. Everything's going to be fine. It's the NFL. We always make money. And remember, when we don't make money, um, 
Yeah, we just renegotiate the CBA. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what owners do. Owners in professional sports are never, ever expecting to lose money by anybody. When the owners are about to lose money, they're like, we're gonna, we got to redo the deal. And everybody's like, yeah, they got to redo the deal. I mean, they're going to lose money. It's like, well, it's a business. Sometimes businesses lose money. It's like, no, nah, nah, not professional sports. They always make money. They got to renegotiate for a reason. They got to make their money. We, our teams need to play football. So do you think there's a clause then in the contract? Like, hey, if the salary cap goes down 20%, we get 10% back or something so like I that? So I think what probably happens is a force majeure. Ooh. Okay, force majeure <laughs> is a word that I had to learn about in negotiating deals here for uh, the last couple of months, mm-hmm. numerous deals. Force majeure is something that is put into a contract that basically saves whoever the bank is in the contract to paying the other person if something massive happens, like a fucking worldwide pandemic that shuts down everything. Yeah. So I believe every contract has that, yeah. but the guaranteed money is guaranteed money. I don't know. Sorry to interrupt. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. Simply Safe. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window, and door tailored specifically for your home. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night. Day and night. Ready to send police, fire, medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour, even if you're a fucking idiot. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required, and there's no contract, no pushy sales guys or girls, no hidden fees, and no fine print. All this starts at just 15 bucks a month. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. Ty thinks it's great. Gumpy, who's editing this now, thinks it's great. The boys think it's great. But also, U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Head to simplysafe.com slash pat and get a free HD camera for listeners of this show only. That's simplysafe.com slash pat to make sure they know that our show sent you. Back to the show. One thing to, you know, feel like a piece of shit. Another to actually no, see it. And know? no, yeah. yeah. Uh, a man who has never had one of those days no. in his entire nope. life. Nope. And it is very obvious. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He seems to be throwing the best balls of his life. Seems like he's having the best time of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, GOAT, Green Bay quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! I've missed you too, Pat. <laughs> Aaron, it's great to see you, man. Thanks for coming on, bub. Great to see you and the boys. I, I'm not, they're not in the chat right now, but I, I do have a lot of love for them, especially one of them, you know, who's – there he is. Let's wearing, go! He's wearing your face four right now. Four more years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen that one yet? Have you seen the four more years shirt yet? We I love have, No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's a crowd pleaser. I will it's let beautiful. you know. It is a uh, – Look at the cornrows. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's Boston Connor. He actually got those done the other day. He got them tightened up. Not he, too bad. He's a stooge. You know that. Um, Are those puka shells in the back? I can't tell. <laughs> no, I, I say the puka shells for uh, October. No, that's the uh, Cuban link on Z. What the hell is a puka shell? You know, the, 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 you know, the shells, the, the white shells. shells. The, the white shells you wear a necklace? Puka beach. shells. Nah. Big in the early 2000s? Nah. No, 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 I would say 90s, actually. 90s. 2000s. <laughs> yeah, let's. Was that on the anklets? You wore an anklet with no, one no, of those no, on? No, no, no. It was right here. It was like 1994 yeah. to 1998. How old were you? you How old were I was seven. I was seven in 94. I bet 94, you. I was uh, 10, turning 11. I was probably a terrible kid. <laughs> I was probably terrible there. Aaron, how are you doing? I don't believe that. How are you did, doing? Did you ever go to... What? How are you doing? 
I'm doing, I'm doing great. Thanks, Pat. Doing really well. How about you? I mean, I've been seeing you all over the place. You're wrestling guys. You got, you know, Me? bringing AJ with you. Are you mad at AJ for not stepping in at any point yeah. back in the other? See, Aaron, that is the question because a lot of people have said this, that whenever they approached me to fight me and Aaron was standing, what, less than a foot away from me to my left, he almost let those guys knock me out, Aaron. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He just kind of left you out there. What's that, that all the about? Plan the whole time? Is that the plan the whole time? I, did, I brought him along because that jawline knocked somebody out. That's what you do. You bring A.J. Hawk to fight for you, and then he didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, but he's got that baby, baby peck, though. When he, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. He, quite, yeah, yeah. he never grew back. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. A little tight on this side. <laughs> but a great at the Versa Climber. Big Versa Climber guy. And cigars. He smokes more cigars than any human I've ever seen in my entire life. And he hasn't burned down his beautiful house yet. That's amazing. <laughs> He said he's in an attic. I, I've seen the villa, though. I feel like he's in probably a pretty palatial estate over there. You haven't got the invite yet, huh? No, never. Never the Kentucky Derby either. Thanks, man. Well, you're, a Pittsburgh, you're a Pittsburgh guy. You know? yeah. He's more of a Youngstown, Ohio guy. You know? Yeah, Ohio is a different place, Aaron. It is a different place. Hey, well, you've been wrestling, too. Tim Boyle, I'll come kick his ass. <laughs> you want me to? I think I can handle myself, but if I'm if I need a if I need a tag team partner, I definitely you'd be on the top you know ten or so list probably. Oh, that's very nice of you. It feels like yeah. you're hey, you look like you're having a great time playing the football. You look like you're having a great not that that's abnormal, but this is a weird time to be doing a football. You look like you're having a great time. Suck it signs we've heard. Hey, oh yeah, suck it signs mm-hmm. we've heard going out there. Nothing is sacred or secret anymore. Nope, you know nothing. I mean? <laughs> nothing. Like you make, you throw one, you know, you draw them off sides, you throw a bomb touchdown, you make one gesture. <laughs> may or may not have been, I'm not going to confirm tonight. But, you know, and then there's just nothing's, nothing sacred anymore. What is, what was the thing you saw in 2010 practice film? What was it? Because that was quite an answer you gave. You know, I saw something in practice in 2010 and yeah you've seen the next two days what an answer by you just the entire world was like well what well what was it Aaron what what did you see in 2010 Pat I'm not gonna tell you oh (laughs) show stinks come on this time not this time maybe down the line oh can we can we announce that now segue I'm I'm giving you a, a softball segue right now ladies and gentlemen an announcement is to be made by Aaron Rodgers myself and the incredibly handsome A.J. Hawk, who is not currently with us, but he's over my shoulder sitting on a toilet on a painting. Every Tuesday, this football season, joining us, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! Yeah! Every Tuesday. What? Every Tuesday. What? Great segue, dude. As the kids say, uh, facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. 100, dude. 100 bro um because normally i can't wait Pat. I, I can't wait you know i i my my love for you and the boys uh you know has has grown ever since uh you came out and had an incredible showing in the bahamas stole the show you were the mvp uh off the off the golf course well you're trash talking on the golf course but for the most part off the golf course you, you got a beautiful belt <laughs> i love that still got it yep you're damn right obviously on draft night i was watching your coverage Thank you for that. That was not talked about when everybody talked about you watching the draft, by the way. Me and AJ were not exactly thrilled that we were not mentioned that entire thing. Not pumped about it. No, it was a no-brainer, though. And I've told people this before, and I'll tell you again, this is not, uh, this is not a, you know, a little five-finger discount. Uh, I think you, know, you and the boys, you guys are like the, uh, the future sports version of the Howard Stern Show. Awesome. Oh. Wow. 
Did you know we debuted on Sirius today? So saying that is a massive deal. And <laughs> yeah. I assume there's listeners that are very pissed off that you just said that. But I want to let you know, in this room, hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Hey, look, I'm not worried about pissing people off, and I'm not apologizing. For <laughs> oh, suck it, son. <laughs> suck it, son. Everywhere. Um, uh, the team this year, let's talk football. Uh, yeah, let's talk to football. <laughs> okay. it's, it's opening week. Opening week. You have yeah. to feel good. You have to feel good that football is even happening to begin with because there's massive question marks everywhere. The way it's been handled has been insanely successful if the reports that we're reading is accurate. And now we're to it. I mean, it has to feel pretty, pretty good. It feels good to be here. I think it's, it's strange. You know, uh, a wannabe Midwesterner from Youngstown, uh, Ohio, our center, Corey Lindsley, just actually mentioned, he said, can you believe it? There's a team that's traveling right now. Oh, yeah. You know, just to be in this position, you know, that the Houston Texans are traveling to Kansas City. Just the thought of that, you know, is, I think, strange for, for all of us. It doesn't feel like a normal training camp, but it's been so different and it's jointed. And there'll be a game tomorrow night. I think, uh, you know, I think the numbers, if you look at them, very positive. I think we've had since uh, everybody returned, like since training camp began, not counting the guys who tested positive coming into camp. We've had, I saw something, I don't know how, how many, it was 60,000 or 50,000 and, and zero positive tests. Yeah. Or, or you know, and, and at one point we had like six guys in the, in the, uh, in the COVID protocol. The one day there was a little crazy when all those guys tested positive. 77, <laughs> 77 people. And then all of them tested negative with the rapid test. So, you know, I think the accountability the guys have been showing is, is working. I always think the best accountability is not forced accountability. It's optional accountability. Now, there's more on the line this year because, you know, you're, the season relies on guys making the right decisions uh, because we can't control uh, who you're with when you leave the facility. Obviously, there's families and kids involved. So I give uh, credit to our players. Um, you know, testing protocol is extensive. It's every single day. But... Uh, I give a lot of credit to the guys for taking care of themselves and think and uh, and making the right decisions. I saw I saw a lot of people posting. It takes all of us photos that seem to be crafted by somebody for them. Uh, it, unless these guys are all incredible at Photoshop, which and they all look very similar. Has the NFL been putting a lot of strain on? Like, you know, has the NFL been like talking like, hey, we got to buy in? Has that been an everyday reminder? Or is it kind of just everybody assumes that and understands that? I think it's not an everyday reminder, but it's. You know, Patrick, it's the all-powerful dollar. Oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's about getting to getting to the season and and uh, playing games and keeping people safe. You know, I think you've seen with the other two sporting, uh, you know, major sporting uh, leagues, you know, the NHL and the NBA being in playoffs right now. Uh, you know, you're seeing them be able to finish games. They're adding, you know, family to the mix now. And, you know, I think all of us just want to get to a point where we can uh, – at some point, get some fans back in the stadium. Yeah. Because you know, that's what our game is all about. It's going to be so bizarre these first, you know, at least four weeks for us, you know, with two home games and no fans. And one of them is a damn Monday night game. Oh, you know, it's, it's going to be electric. It's going to be electric. Sunday night game in New Orleans. All right, with, this, I don't know what they're doing fan wise. It's limited to no fans. They're so playing in the Superdome, an iconic stadium in the league for the last, you know, 60 years. 50 years and no fans that's going to be very strange well and their fans by the way are a big part of it down there when when they get going it is 
I mean, we lost by 70 down there, I think, one time. I mean, it was not good. And they were relentless, too. They did not leave. They they stuck around and celebrated the entire time, much like Green Bay, much like Lambeau. I mean, Lambeau, that place was packed all the way till the end. And I learned this is because a lot of people travel in. It's like a pilgrimage. And they're, it they're, is. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you might have called a game there at one point. Yeah, I wish you would have played. I got hurt, <laughs> yeah. so I wonder if there was any correlation. Whoa. Whoa. No, no, no. Whoa. There wasn't, right? We talked about we this in, in, in the Bahamas. We talked about this. We win. We win together. Yeah. When I'm around, we win normally. We win together. We do. That that particular day, though, I mean, that was a big loss. I mean, you got – I thought you got – I got, got, got clotheslined. Yeah. I got clotheslined. <laughs> and you ended up you on did. your – on your you head. know what that feels like. Me? No, no, I don't get hit the, like again, that. We talk about you, the backflips, the jumping on the, on oh, the ropes. Uh, hey. That was impressive. I don't think many people knew you had that that type of athleticism. Now, we've seen the you know the shots of you, Thank you. ripping a guy and kick off for punt, you know, and, you. and doing your, your your Connor walk and all that, Thank you. which is fantastic and beautiful. Thank you. But I don't know if anybody knew the, the backflip, double backflips and the jumping on the t- on the ropes was was in your repertoire so i give you a lot of credit hey not a bad box jump there i don't think that you know what the the jump up to the top there that's that a like, bo- that was like eight feet it felt like it was at yeah. least nine didn't it, it <laughs> at looked, least yeah. put a hoop yeah. on that thing next time that's yeah. what i was thinking whenever i was jumping you know all these instagram models and fitness guys doing all these box jumps there i am going what nine ten feet up there you saw it they don't make them like they used to, huh, buddy? No. They don't make them like us anymore, Aaron. They don't make them like us anymore. Aaron, given how different this offseason's been, uh, who are a couple of the young guys who have really impressed you so far and guys who you know are going to have to have uh, kind of like a breakout year for you guys to be successful this year? Yeah, there's going to be have to be a lot of those, you know, based on the, on the roster and the youth that we have. Um, you know, I think one guy in particular that came back, not a – not a first or second year player, but Jamal Williams came back oh. and had a little bit something different to him this year. Uh, he posted a bunch of Instagram videos during the off season, and he would send me most of them first. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm working on this, and he's running these like you know deep shake routes, post corner routes, and Route option trail. routes, and all these yeah. different things. And I was just kept telling him, and he looked you know he looked great. Uh, but then he shows up, and the he just a you know a half step quicker. The agility is is there. The burst is a little bit more. So I give him a lot of credit for the way that he uh, grew. You know, a lot of times the big jumps come between years one and two and two and three. This guy is going into his fourth season. Coming off a year last year, we had multiple games in a row with touchdown catches. And it is an important part of, of our offense. Now, Aaron Jones obviously had a ton of touchdowns last year. But but Jamal uh, is, is a big part of what we're doing. And, and I think he kind of saw what Aaron did and said, I need to come back and be a little bit uh, bigger factor in the receiving game. And, uh, you know, because you need two backs in this league. So I think Jamal has had a fantastic camp, and I'm excited about what he's done. And, and, the, and the thing that he does as well is he just brings so much energy to a football team. So he's going to be uh, an important part of what we're doing. You know, we drafted a couple young guys in rounds two and three. Uh, you know, and, and the third round pick is, is going to get some opportunities, I think, probably early, you know, maybe earlier than the second round pick. But um, excited about uh, – about Deguara to see what he can do as kind of a hybrid type guy. Uh, but as is the case in Green Bay, you know, we're going to rely on some young players at uh, important times and, uh, you know, communication needs to be there and then execution needs to be there. And I think that's the difference, Pat, you know, we're looking at this weird off season and, and training camp that we've had. I think some of the guys need to kind of pinch themselves a little bit and remind each other. Now it, it counts and there's going to be hitting and tackling oh. and strip attempts on the ball and, 
collisions. You know, it's a little uh, a little different than having preseason games. I was we talked about that in the in the first hour. I, I was talking about what the game is potentially going to look like because we didn't have preseason games and we kind of had to shorten the OTAs. I said special teams going to be ugly. There's going to be penalties on special teams. There's going to be timeouts used on special teams because they're not going to have enough people on the field. That's just classic preseason football with young guys who don't know that they're on field. There's going to be a lot of that. There's probably going to be some sloppiness. And then we talked about the defense not being able to tackle. Like, have you guys gone full go in practice more so than you would have in the past because of this? No, we don't really tackle in practice. I think I don't think anybody is, by the way. No, I you know there's some teams that I know tackle. <laughs> oh, I've really? Heard, I've heard the stories. Yeah, I'm not a big proponent of that. I really, I think you know, there's certain football uh, moves and and abilities that if you haven't figured it out by this point, you know, you're not going to figure it out uh, moving forward. And tackling is a basic part of it. You know, there's there's an instinct that you have to have in 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 live game situations to be able to make tackles. You know, I look at Pat. I know we had an off uh, preseason in 2011, but there was so much chatter around that season. Oh, we had the lockout. You know, oh, it's yeah. going to be just sloppy football and all this crap. And it was we awesome. And, <laughs> we came out and played New Orleans in the first game and beat them. Uh, I think 42-34. You know, there was we both teams lit up the scoreboard, and it wasn't a sloppy game by any means. Uh, so I don't expect to. You know, a lot of sloppiness. There might be, you know, some of that uh, special team stuff you're talking about. That seems to to probably ring true. But, you know, there's an expectation when you step on the field of execution. And there's not a whole lot of uh, grace period or patience, uh, even though we didn't have a preseason. This is awesome to hear, by the way. I'm very pumped about that. The lockout year was a dream. I mean, that was – I was I was almost <laughs> oh. a proponent of lockout every single year. <laughs> yeah. Is there any yeah, way – me too. <laughs> is there any way we could potentially just lock out next year too? I, training camp will come back. We'll figure out some business shit, and then we'll just keep it moving. I was all about it. But a lot of people were talking about – and I guess you just chatted about that. What, is it easy to pick up – like the timing with a wide receiver as a quarterback or a running back when you don't have those OTAs or is training camp enough time for you to kind of get a feel on where somebody's going to be or where you want them to go or anything like that? Well, with all due respect, now I can say whatever I want. Yeah, um, yeah, you can. You can, by the way, yeah. That's the way it works. I think it's plenty, it's plenty of time. I think the way that we did the schedule this year with the lead-in time, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks felt like uh, kind of an early off-season schedule. And – this I told uh, I told a friend of mine. I said this is the first training camp in probably the last in the last sixteen. You know, the first time ever that my arm hasn't hurt at one point during training camp. Ooh, oh, breaking wow. news! Breaking we news! Love that. That's it's the reason for that. Is a lot of times you you know you might not throw the last week or two weeks, or maybe throw limited in, in during the break in the off season, and you come in day one. They want want you to throw 150, 200 balls in practice. This was a great, I thought, lead in, not just for my arm or, or you know, other guys' skill, you know, skilled abilities, but I think it was for uh, just kind of our wind, our football shape, uh, weightlifting. You could lift harder when you're not practicing uh, as hard. I thought it was, I thought the schedule was beautiful in order to kind of get yourself in a really good spot starting training camp. Is this the schedule going forward? Is this what the NFLPA is going to push for? Hey, how about we just – you remember COVID-19 was terrible, but you remember that schedule we had? It feels like football was pretty good that day. It feels like it was pretty well, good. Well, there was some of us who pushed for this type of schedule. Oh. Uh, a good friend of mine that you used to hold for was uh, – was one of the uh, one of my allies who was pushing for a similar schedule to this. I, I assume Vinatieri and a lot of the older uh, gentlemen were definitely pushing for a similar thing. That, oh, I don't even I want to. Mean, I, 
I would add wiser to that. Uh, yeah, well, smarter. That as well. <laughs> been there, done that. We've been here. Let's let's. This matters. This doesn't. What are we talking about? Why aren't we doing this? Yeah, there's a lot of that. I assume that's why I was never an NFLPA member. By the way, I just didn't think it mattered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen, everybody. I'm not going to argue with you after, after going through those meetings with you on that. I've heard it's insane. I've heard those meetings are insane. This is your first time being a rep, right? This, yeah, and my, my first real meeting like this in at the combine in February. It was interesting. A lot of opinions. I've heard terrible things. They were like, I got a. They asked a couple. I got nominated a couple of times. You know, like, hey, uh, Pat, you want to be a rep? Nope. No way. Not a chance. Not doing it. Diggs, what do you got? Aaron, 70 decibels of crowd noise in the stadium. Is that loud enough that you don't have to change how you talk in the huddle? And then, like, when you get to the line, does it, how does it affect the audibles? And I know you're a big hard count guy. I mean, you do suck at signs in practice when you catch the defense offside. Yeah, so Is you that like going to be yeah. easier during the season? Well, we've been practicing, as I'm sure many other teams have, with decibels uh, similar to those levels. And it's my belief that there will be there will not be a need for a silent count. Huh. Even with the some people, Indianapolis Colts have two point five percent of their capacity watching <laughs> this. Twenty five hundred fans are allowed in Lucas Oil Stadium. You don't think them plus the seventy decibels is going to be a problem, Aaron? You don't think so? I think seventy decibels by itself. That was the question, Pat. There wasn't anything about extra crowd. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm I just think saying seventy decibels on its own is going to be. Uh, you don't, you don't have to use silent count, but we've practiced with it. You know, we're, there's been teams over the years who've, and you know, Pat, probably where you played Whoa. <laughs> during a time, Whoa. There's, been, there's been some artificial sound pumped in the oh, stadium yep. over the years. No, oh, wow. not where I was. No, no, no. Cause Lucas oil was actually known to be the complete opposite. It was almost too quiet at times. You know what I mean? That RCA dumb was just, oh, it was that quiet, huh? Yeah. It was so quiet, man. It was so quiet. Lambo is a different animal, though. That place, I think, and I've told this story before, and I don't know if you've confirmed it or not, but the preseason game against us, I think, is when you started the, the championship. That's not true. Not true. I think it is, man. I think I saw it with my own eyes. And everybody in the crowd, I saw a lady, I think her name was Jan, up in the front, was just hitting that thing with her, her green and gold on. I think that was the game it started, yeah. I think, I so. think we did that. Didn't we play you guys in 2010? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you beat the hell out of us. Yeah. I did in 2009, so you're off by a year. When did you start? When did you do it? Did you just are you are you a fan of uh, Triple H? Oh yeah, yeah, big fan. You, are you friends with them? Or are you? I know you guys kind of you know you kind of. He kind of went after me on ESPN. I don't know if you saw it. He kind of went after. Yeah. Me. Shoved you. Yeah, yeah. Is that because you uh, you kicked old boy or right in the head, Aaron? <laughs> Knocked him Hell out. Yeah. Had to do it. You have a belt from him, I'd assume. Yeah, I do. It's mine. Do you ever wear it? My precious. Do you ever wear it? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Oh, so me wearing this one, pretty weird. Do you ever wear this one, though? That we no, wear? no, no, I wear that one. Yeah, of course. Okay. I wear that one all the time. Just that one, usually. Okay. Uh, Minnesota Vikings this weekend. Good luck. I think that's who you're playing, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Hey, good luck, man. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks, Thanks Pat. Are you going to throw the Thanks, ball boys. good? Are you going to throw the ball good? I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to try. Just for you, buddy. Hey. And the boys. Hey, don't make any tackles. About. We talked about tackles. You said it's a natural instinct. You have hammered some people. We don't need you making any tackles. Stay away. I yeah. have hammered one person, and that was a long time ago. Okay. That's smart. Good You're an old man. I, I don't think I've made a tackle other than against Erlacher in the last uh, 10 years. So, <laughs> Let's not break that trend. Let's go ahead and stay out of the mm -hmm. tackles. Let's yep. throw the ball good. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, legend Aaron Rodgers. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, man. Thanks, buddy. See you. Good luck, Aaron. Good luck, Aaron. Hey, good luck, Aaron. Good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck Aaron. Aaron. Hey, good luck this year, Aaron. Good, good luck, Aaron. <laughs>
So sorry to interrupt. Um, I have to tell you that if you're not listening to this show with some Raycon wireless earbuds, then you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Premium wireless earbuds, less than half the price of the other Stooges. That's why wireless earbuds from Raycon are the greatest way to listen to anything. And their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet. Six hours of uh, playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass. They got the boom booms in there, a more compact design, and a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. They have no dangling wires or stems. And this company was founded by Ray J, H-A-H-A-H-A, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Brandy, J.R. Smith, Mike Tyson, Rich the Kid, Zito Perez are obsessed with their products. Give them a try. Raycon has a 45-day free return policy, so you can make sure their pair of wireless earbuds fit for you perfectly. For a limited time only, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash pat. That's buyraycon.com slash pat for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. I'll tell you this. When I say this, I mean this. They have great designs. Okay, they got they got good colors. They got good patterns. They got all sizes covered for you. Whenever it comes in a box, there's different sizes for your ear hole. I have a weird ear that normally kicks things out, but not to rake on wireless earbuds, especially the E25. Make sure you check it out now while the deal is running. Buyraycon.com slash Pat, 15% off. Let's get back to the show. Uh, joining yeah. us now, a man who just got done doing the media rounds with our uh, uh, Colin Coward, not ours, but we are fans. <laughs> we watch him every day, Colin Coward. Yeah. Uh, calling the Seahawks-Falcons game this weekend, and also a man who also showed daily in Denver to talk about the Vaughn Miller perennial tendon injury. Ladies and gentlemen, Stink, Mark Schlerer. That boy Stink! Hey, great to be with you, Pat. AJ, good to see you, man. You too, Mark. Hey, um, Mark, let's talk about what you talked about on Colin's show. What you guys talk about over there? Uh, I, don't, I don't really pay attention to Colin. He says a bunch <laughs> of things. I'm like, whatever, dude. Come on. I mean, yes! give me a break. He always has these unbelievable analogies and theories about things. Like, you know, I always – and the thing about Colin is Colin will essentially state something and then restate it and then state it again, and at the end of the day – you're like, wow, he's right. And ultimately, he doesn't say anything. Like, he'll say, <laughs> he'll go like this. He'll go, NBA players are tall. They are. They just are. You know, and, and you're like, oh, my God, he's right. NBA players are tall. I saw one the other day at the grocery store. Uh, he's a legend, though. Very good at what he does. Oh, Colin is the best. Very, very well, he's good. The, he makes you think. You know, he always makes you think, and he always puts – some spin on it that you're like, hmm, I never really thought about it that way. Well, I don't really do a whole lot of thinking. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not my strong suit. I'm a general studies major from the University of Idaho, yeah. which means my education is an inch deep and a mile wide. So no specific <laughs> questions, Pat. Well, as long as you graduated, you're a step further than me, Albert Einstein, Kanye West, and Steve Jobs. But let's get some thoughts from that uh, uh, rock for brain that you have there. Von Miller going out. I saw your video last night. This has to be devastating for Denver Broncos fans because Drew Locke seems like he's a good player. Like, hey, everything yeah. that you could potentially want. Now, granted, Chiefs are going to be tough for a long, long time. But it felt like the team was striving, and Vaughn felt like he was back to your to what you were saying yesterday. This is tough, what, three days before the season starts? Yeah, really tough. And I think when you look at the way they're built, they're constructed, they've spent more money on the defensive side of the ball than any team in the National Football League. And so – 
what they're trying to do is support their young quarterback by playing great defense and then they invested on the offensive side of the ball throughout the draft and and that's how they're trying to build this football team but you have to understand that when you have a great defensive player as offensive players um one of the things you always do you break the huddle you have to have a plan to mitigate that guy because that guy can absolutely wreck your game plan so when you break the huddle the first thing you do as as an offensive player is you go break and then you turn around and go where's 58 and how are we going to contend with 58 and so ultimately what ends up happening to you is you say okay we can't run x number of plays let's say we got to take 20 percent of our offense and we just got to scrap pile it we can't run it because we're not good enough to be one-on-one with 58 at any particular time. Mm. And so then the domino effect kicks in. Well, if we're double teaming over there, we can't double team a Bradley Chubb or a Jarrell Casey or some of the other guys, a Shelby Harris. So it gives you one-on-one matchups other places where you have to win. And you may not have a great player over there where you have to win, but you have to take care of that aspect of it. So certainly, you know, if we were applying baseball terms like war, uh, wins against replacement, you know, what's Vaughn worth? Is he worth a game? Is he worth two games? Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I've got to say it's somewhere between a game and a half and two games mm. that Vaughn, um, that, that Vaughn essentially gives you that he's better than his replacement, uh, um, you know, over his replacement. Mark, what about what, what stay with outside rushers? Jadavion Clowney obviously signs with the Titans. Would do you think this is a good signing for Vrabel and the Titans? And how do you think Clowney's going to do over there? Yeah, I, you know, I do think I do I do think it's a really good signing. Um, I think Jadavion Clowney, when you start putting on tape. And you watch him really, especially, like he doesn't get the credit for it, but he's devastating in the run game. He plays with great hands, great leverage, uh, great awareness in the run game. Now, when you put him in and look at Seattle and the way Seattle played Jadavian Clowney last year, there were several things that just didn't make sense. Like how many times he dropped back into coverage. Like that's that's not what he does well, right? There's like, he is lost in space out there. So I, I'm not a big fan of taking a really premier type of edge rusher and, and putting him in space. The other thing with Seattle is they played so much base to nickel, meaning um, they lined up with their three linebackers almost, I think over 80% of the time. So even if you got into three wides, that's what they're doing. Well, what ends up happening to you in those situations if you're in a regular formation you're as a defensive end you're really head up over the offensive tackle and a weak side linebacker is on the line of scrimmage it's not a advantageous Uh place to rush the passer from because if the weak side linebacker is coming you have to pinch that's that's how football works right you can't we used to say this all the time as offensive linemen two asses don't fit through one hole (laughs) oh yeah 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 so each each defensive player has a hole that he's supposed to go through and two guys don't fit through that one hole. So that ultimately, to me, the scheme put him in dis- in a disadvantaged position oftentimes when it came to rushing the passer. So here he has four and a half sacks and everybody in Seattle was like, well, he was terrible. Well, actually, not really. Like, he wasn't as bad as you think he was. Let's talk about the house you're in right now. That thing looks fucking massive. <laughs> Oh uh, my God! Well, this this is uh, as this is my wife's house. And, uh, <laughs> and, listen, I I I'm, I promise you guys this. God forbid if anything ever happened to my lovely wife Lisa, 
I would be living in this house, but essentially I would be homeless because I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do, any, I don't know how to deposit a check. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything except take care of the lawn and talk about football. Those are the Hell only yeah. two things. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know how to do dishes because I, at least my wife is an excellent, she's a, a gourmet cook. And I, I realized a long time ago that as long as she promises to cook, I'll do dishes. I will trade unskilled labor for skilled labor. She has skilled labor. I am unskilled labor. So dishes I'm good at. Landscaping, I'm excellent. I'm great at landscaping. Football, I'm okay. Well, and that's I, all I know how to do. You are underselling yourself. Let's not talk about that chili that you use. Oh, oh, you got a good you got a good palate. You got a good palate out there. I don't know if we're still... Yeah, si- well, it's somebody else's recipe. I just like to eat. There, there was a time that I was 300 pounds, and, uh, and I really, really enjoyed eating. I still really enjoy eating. Yeah. I am no longer that fat. I am still fat. <laughs> But I'm not as fat as I once was. Well, and by the way, you're as good once as you ever were. I think a lot of people would yeah. say that. But this weekend, you're calling Seahawks Falcons, right? That's the game you have this weekend? Yes, indeed. Both teams kind of forgotten about in their division. But sneaky, potential, very good teams. Have you been getting Zoom calls with them? Like, Because you obviously can't visit and talk to them. How are you getting information about them? And what is the information that you're getting from both of these teams? Well, uh, as of right now, we I will I will head out to Atlanta tomorrow, and then we'll have Zoom Zoom calls scheduled on Friday and uh, on Saturday with the two respective teams. Atlanta on Friday, Seattle on Saturday. Uh, you know, one of the benefits of of being home, um, the first like four weeks was awesome because my wife and I watched movies together, and it was really cool. Um, then the next four weeks we almost got divorced because (laughs) i'm the world's neediest person and she didn't really like that and then she went away to take care of my mom for a couple of weeks and all i did was study football so i have more film watched in the last three weeks on these two teams so mine is film study man i i am a geek when it comes to watching teams and looking at film and looking at you know, coverages and defensive fronts and offensive schemes and formations and all that stuff. So um, that's really what I dig into most of all. I, I don't like all the I don't really like all the other stuff. I just like to really watch the film and then, you know, talk to the coaches and, and kind of try to get their takes on it. But uh, I'm a big I'm a, just a big film hound. How do you feel about the film? Russell Wilson, unbelievable. Josh Gordon coming back. He he can't be suspended for anything, so they can maybe make him a little bit bigger part of the offense, maybe focal yeah. point. What are you thinking whenever it comes to that entire? You think uh, you you like? Well, you know, I love I love Russell Wilson. I love you know I love the way that offense works. I mean, they're going to run the ball even. And, and you watch them go back to last year's film. How many times did they just messed up the number count? Like you just mess up. Like he it, like. You just messed up a number count, and you're not blocking people, and it's just tackling practice, right? And yet, Brian Schottenheimer, their <laughs> offensive coordinator, said, screw it, we're going to run it regardless, right? We're going to keep doing this. But it's the play-action stuff. It's the throwback stuff. It's the screen stuff to lock it. And when things break down, I kid you not, like, I was calling a game in uh, against – it was against Baltimore in Seattle. And I was like, when things break down, it's like uh, – Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett attended Hogwarts together because they're just, I mean, it's a freak show. It's, it's, uh, Mr. Tumnus, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, whatever that, whatever that is, a uh, wrinkle in time or whatever the hell that is. I mean, it, 
They have yeah. this unbelievable connection. I think they're the best in the business when things break down and just playing schoolyard football. But, you know, a lot of question yeah. marks when it comes to this offensive line, something that uh, they really haven't been able to fix in quite some time. Mark, what about Todd Gurley? We're going to see him his first time with the Falcons. Do you think he's going to have a huge role? Like, do they want to come out of the gates hot with him and try to get the momentum going? I, w- I would love, AJ, I'd love to see that. You know, one of my big issues with the Atlanta Falcons, when you study their tape, I don't know what they are. Like, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in having identity oh, yeah. and knowing what it is you want to do and what it is you are. And, like, I'm watching them in base. So base to me is first and ten and second down and five minus, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you are as a base. What, what formation we like to be in, what personnel grouping we like to be in, what we like to run. So I go through a game, and I, I swear to you, there were 13 different runs. Like 13 different schemes. Watch your back. Watch Watch your and I'm like, I'm like, well, what are you? Like, are, are you a wide zone? Are you a tight zone? Are you a, a trap? Are you a counter? Are you a gap? Like, what is the scheme? So when you run, thir- when you have that much volume in your run game, you know what you never do? You never establish any one thing. Mm. So as a defense, how can I get you to bite on that play action? How can I get you to bite to get somebody behind the defense if we run 13 different things and you've never seen one thing consistently? You know, it's like a pitcher who's got a great fastball and a great curveball, but he throws his fastball from overhand and his curveball from sidearm. As a hitter, unless I'm stupid, I pretty much know what's coming. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and there's no deception to it. And so when I watch Atlanta, I'm like, you guys don't have any deception. Like, you've never established anything. And you wonder why you have all that talent on the outside and you haven't been able to figure it out. Well, for me, they need to figure it out. They need to say, this is what we're going to base in, this is what we're going to major in, and this is what we're going to do for Todd Gurley to make him effective. Well, and the thing about that is it's like – it's like you're playing against the Houston Astros every single week. They know exactly what you're pitching there, Mark. You know what I mean? They got the buzzer. Yeah, no, like- no, I'm, I'm 100%. You know, just get hit. Hey, know what the buzzer tells you. What does the buzzer tell you? <laughs> you see that, by the way? You, I know Ooh. you see that, Mark. I Dude, know. I'm, tell, I'm telling you what. Uh, the yokitude is something special. <laughs> but uh, you're not. Hey, man, I'm an old man. But let me tell you what. I'm like a grizzled up chicken bone. Dude, like I am. I. You know me, I'm just in the I'm in the weight room just dominating people. <laughs> just absolutely Out dominating people. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen to him this weekend on Fox calling the Falcons Seahawks game and uh, his show in Denver and on the internet. He is incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Schlereth. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. Good conversation. He is an animal. So I guess he, he used to walk in before the quarantine, obviously. He'd walk into public gyms. And he'd see like uh, younger kids doing bench, and he he would pick people I guess that cared. Like you could tell people that cared about their bench, and he would uh, he would add a plate on, and then get underneath and just knock it out, and then he would walk out. <laughs> like what a legend, AJ. That, see that that's something I can see you doing. No, I mean I would I would. I don't really have that kind of personality, but I love the fact that Shalera to walk in and just cuck random dudes on a bench <laughs> their day. By the way, walk out. That's just, my favorite part. Just to feel something. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to us. Remember, we're becoming a daily podcast, so I hope you can catch up with all of them. If not, you know, every other day or so. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, what a fucking stud. I mean, what a good conversation. Stink Schlereth, what a guy. AJ Hawk, what a man conversation wow 
You guys, the best. Hashtag end the pod squad. Go ahead and tweet something in to potentially win some free merch. Our guy, Boston Connor, will be scrolling through those on the Twitter machine. Other than that, we will see you manana. That's right, manana. You're the best. Cheers. Gumpy, please play. Wow, Ty, fucking take a hike, dude. Gumpy, please play some wire, or uh, not wireless, some copyright-free music. Cheers.